March Madness bracket busting and the Thunder is somebody you all need to watch. All that and more here on Unfair Sports, where we take a pensive approach to the sports conversation. I am your host, Jay. Thank y'all for listening to us wherever podcasts are downloaded and listened to. While you're there, please rate us, review us, and give us five stars. You don't think we deserve it? Just give us five anyway and gift it. So on today's episode of Unfair Sports, we're going to dive into a lot of, you know, a couple of quick topics on the March Madness tourney, how things seem like it's starting to hit that wall, as well as my Oklahoma City Thunder. They're now like a six seed. So y'all got to respect them. Hit us up on the unfair fan line, 430-901-1906. Let me know what you think of the show. Give us your strongest opinions. We'd love to hear from you all so that we can uh, potentially add you to the show in the future. So hit us up, 430-901-1906. What is good, everybody? What is good? Thanks for pulling up to Unfair Sports. I'm your host, Jay. It's been a bit, been about a week and some change, but I wanted to drop something quickly on, you know, March Madness. You know, every year we've talked about this on the show. If you've been a loyal listener the last six years, dang, I can't believe I've been doing it this long. But if you've been listening to us, uh, unfortunately, um, I do appreciate you. One and two, we take a trip every year to Vegas and watch college basketball. And so that's kind of the big thing I do. That's my one getaway um, really from the year. That's a guy's trip. Uh, we go hang out, gamble, watch college basketball nonstop and all of that. And I'm going to keep it a buck. Going out there was kind of a weird year. It was really weird. I mean, first off, you know, it was really like the first real year post quote unquote pandemic. I mean, I know that we're still in theory in one, but we won't go too far into that. But more so than anything, people are out and about and doing a thing. So everybody's out. Everybody's out kicking it. Everybody's living their life like it's golden. And I think the thing that jumps out the most to me around this weekend is that this this past week or whatever, it was that it was it was kind of quiet in Vegas. And traditionally, the week of March Madness is the busiest week out there. And that's conversations I've had with people that work there, people uh, from drivers and taxi folk, uh, Ubers, etc., they all tell me, yeah, this is our busiest week. We get a ton of people in because not only is it spring break for most of the country, it's also the tournament. And then you have a lot of conventions that come out usually during that week because it's spring break. And so it's a lot easier for people to shift things around, blah, blah, blah. And I'm there and I'm just like, it really does not feel like there's a lot of people here. So me and my crew, we reconvened for the first time since, you know, 2019. We got came out, you know, we're being old, tired. We hung out, watched a lot of basketball. Also did a lot of sleeping because we're old. But at the same time, it really felt eerie now that I'm back home and I really talk about think about it. People weren't as excited. You know, the books weren't as swamped as I'm used to. Granted. I've, I went to like two or three different books. My usual spot was it had some traffic. Um, I checked out the new spot circa down in Fremont and their big book was had some busyness there too. We went to a pool spot and watched on their big screens and it was kind of quiet too. And so, and it could be potentially the weather as well. 
even though Vegas weather doesn't matter because you're spending most of your time inside, uh, this wasn't pool season, so you weren't out at pool parties constantly, but some of the pools were were packed. But overall, it just was quiet. It was eerie. It was not what I'm used to. And so when I look at this, man, what makes it crazy to me is it feels like nobody's really watching these games. And I say that because I've heard a few people, a few talking heads talk about this, and if you really think about it, who's your star in college basketball right now? I think the one person that we could really assume is a top five pick is going to be Brandon Miller, the cat out of Alabama. And he's the one swirled in all that controversy around the, uh, the guns and stuff. Besides that, who you really got? Like, I don't, I, I, I've watched very little college basketball this year. I will admit that. And that was more so because I just don't, there's not really any, big name people out there like the ones that we're paying attention to this year let me put it like this let me scale back usually the players that we're paying the most attention to in college basketball are the ones that we know are going tops in the draft right so we want to watch them play on the biggest stage and get an understanding of you know are they going to be that next big thing and a lot of us want to see if we're going to be right about predicting who they are and all that jazz well your number one and number two picks are not in college basketball Big Vic, Victor Wimbayama, is, you know, French fry. He ain't in the States. And then the other one is Scoot Henderson, who's in the G League with the G League at night, making six, making six figures, almost seven figures playing there. And I'm going to be honest, I've seen Scoot play in person. Yeah, he's the number one pick. I mean, I mean, number two pick. And I almost questioned Big Vic going over him. That's how good Scoot is. The only thing that made me push back is, Big Vic, seven foot four, seven foot five, maybe seven seven. We don't know. We don't know what he really is, but he's long, rangy, and he can do everything that um, our Kevin Durant can do, who is legitimately seven feet. And I don't care if he lies to us about that. Scoot six three. I mean, he's built like a linebacker, but you don't have very many guys in his size range that dominate the game and also last long. We've got them. We've seen them go out there and put up gaudy numbers. I mean, we've seen the Kyries of the world. We've seen Kevin Durant. We've uh, not Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook. We've seen Chris Paul out there cook and have some good games. We've seen some ballers at that size. We're watching John Morant do that right now. But it usually doesn't last very long. And so I'm thinking the thing with that is in college basketball is that we really don't have anybody to hang our hat on and say, hey, this is somebody everybody needs to pay attention to. We don't have that player. And that's weird to me. I may, I may be in the minority here, but it is. I mean, like I said, Brandon Miller is your one cat, and he's swirled in controversy. So I don't know if I mean, y'all are paying attention to what he's doing, but he's swirled in controversy. But he's also 6'9", 200 pounds, and so he's a baller. I don't understand what, what, what we're supposed to do with college basketball right now. Brandon Miller was named the National Freshman Player of the Year because he can ball. But like I said, he's got all that controversy around him. But outside of that, all y'all brackets got busted day one because y'all, t- y'all, made, y'all made one mistake. Fairley, uh, Fairley Dickinson, I did not expect that to happen. So I don't knock any of you for selecting uh, Purdue to go a little bit further than what they did. But, you know, they did. But the one y'all probably made a mistake on is thinking that Virginia was going to get out the first round. 
Now, you may say, oh, Juwan, Jay, bro, unfair sports. What are we doing here? What are we doing here? You know that Virginia won that championship long ago. You're right. They also won the national championship the year after being knocked out in the first round as the first ever one seed to get beat by a 16. Then Purdue joined them on that ranks as the second one to ever do it. And now we're here today. But it's not that. It's more so Virginia's going to disappoint you early. But then they're going to have a good year next year. So if anything, you should probably have them go to the Final Four next year because Tony Bennett figures it out. But they're very much up and down, so they're not reliable. Y'all should have had Furman going forward a lot earlier. But we had a lot of upsets. I mean, Princeton, look at them. Sweet 16 in it right now. Arizona gets knocked out first round by them. You go down the list. We got two of the number one seeds are knocked out, which is Purdue and Kansas. Not going to lie, I didn't think Kansas was going to lose to Arkansas, but I digress. Bill Self wasn't coaching, so that, to me, kind of plays a little bit on it. But really, we have really no chalk on any side of the bracket. The closest you've got is the Midwest, where you have the number one Houston, number two Texas, number three Xavier, and then number five Miami. Indiana at number four didn't make it. The rest of these are a whole bunch of randos. I mean, you got two and three Gonzaga, but you got Arkansas and UConn at eight and four. So they may be, I say they're second because they're close. Then you got Tennessee, go Vols, FAU, and then Kansas State, Michigan State. Did not think Kansas State was going to get there, but they got a player on that team that uh, a lot of people are keeping their eyes on. But overall, being honest, it's it's weird that for the most part our blue bloods are gone, right? Kentucky gets knocked off, Duke gets shellacked, UNC did not make it, Kansas gets knocked out early. This is not your grandpappy's NCAA tournament. Now, we do see some consistency here with the likes of an Xavier who's infamous for having some good runs. You've got Michigan State out there, and then you got UCLA and Gonzaga with UConn. It's not overly wild, but there's a good chance that we may see Princeton in the freaking fu- in the sweet, in the Final Four, in the Elite Eight, or the Final Four. We could see Princeton make it to the Elite Eight. Then what? Right? That will be different. And so that makes me transition into why I believe the college football playoff is going to be a lot larger success than most people expect. And I say that because when you have upsets like this in college basketball, this usually gets us excited. College basketball is a bigger problem. They ain't do NIL, transfer portal, all that jazz. Now, some people want to say, oh, it's your transfer portal. We don't know who's on what team. We didn't know who was on what team before because we had one and done's nonstop anyway. All your stars were bouncing early. For me, the one thing that jumped out the most in all of this is they ain't got no players. Whereas with college football, 
the fun part about them is going to be that if you get an upset, y'all going to be happy. You know how much fun it is to watch teams lose? Of course, I smile when uh, Duke took that L. But that's what we're here for. And we're getting that. And y'all still aren't watching. So I would love an explanation on that from any of you to tell me why is college basketball not being paid attention to? I'll give you a minute. Y'all know the line, 430-901-1906. You tell me, because I'm going to be honest, I don't get it right now. This is probably the most exciting we've seen in a while. But the one thing I will say, and that a lot of us don't want to admit, we enjoy dominance. Either it's because you want to watch a team dominate, or you want to hate watch in hopes of that team losing. But you enjoy dominance. I'm not getting it right now. Alabama's the number one seed. Alla freaking Bama. Explain that one to me. Explain that one to me, please. All right, ladies and germs, it's time. Yes, folks, it is. It is time for you to start paying attention to the Oklahoma City Thunder. Yep, I said it. I'm going to say it again. I'm going to say it again and again. I know a lot of people were upset thinking that the Thunder were going to be, you know, um, what's the best way of saying this? You know, tanking and not good or whatnot, right? I totally get it. And at this point, that's what we got to do. Y'all need to go ahead and start paying attention to them. Look at the way they're playing right now. So the Thunder right now are the 7C, tied for the 7C with the Mavericks, and they're a half a game above the Timberwolves and Jazz, which we know the Jazz are slowly tanking themselves out. They won't make the playoffs. As they're quote unquote retooling, Golden State's in limbo. And we don't know what the Clippers are going to do now since uh, Paul Pierce, I mean, not Paul Pierce, Paul George just got hurt in this Thunder game. So I was going to record this yesterday. That's how Thunder was going to play. So I was like, you know what? Let's take a gander some Thunder. Want to look at some highlights, pay attention to what's going on. Now, I'll be admit, similar to what I talked about in the last segment, I haven't watched very much Thunder basketball. Like, I haven't watched much college basketball. Now, college basketball is different than what the Thunder. The Thunder, I haven't really watched much of, has absolutely nothing to do with the team. And it's not the same reason why y'all stopped watching them because y'all was thinking they were tanking this year. I didn't think they were tanking. My beef has always been with Bally Sports. And I hate them. Uh, their streaming service is terrible. Their streaming experience is awful. I used the app for a bit and three quarters of the time it never worked. And because of that, I refuse to buy their service knowing it's going to be awful. Well, let's add to that. Brace yourself. They're filing bankruptcy. The owner of them. Thank goodness. 
I usually don't root for someone's downfall, but I will root for the downfall of Sinclair with this one because they didn't want to negotiate with all of the TV play people, streaming services that we all love, Hulu Live, um, YouTube TV. They weren't about that life, and because they weren't about that life, guess what? We can't watch Thunder Basketball. And because their streaming experience is so bad, it doesn't make any sense to go buy their app. So we get to miss out on a lot of Thunder basketball because most of us don't have traditional cable. I'm not paying for direct TV. I'm not, you know, and their streaming service is not good. So it's, it's, it's a long list of quorums I have with Valley sports. And now at this point, we're past that. We're at the point now where Valley's got to figure out what they're going to do with their lives. So, with that one, we are just waiting for the opportunity to go watch our favorite Thunder play basketball. Let's cross our fingers and toes that they get picked up by ESPN Plus or something, which is a very good streaming experience. But, but I digress. I've gotten a couple messages from some friends around this now. If they're listening, they know exactly who I'm talking about. Because it ain't been one, it ain't been two. It's been multiples that have hit me up. And I'm I'm talking in double digits. As I dial you's right. I was wrong on Shea Gilgis Alexander. I was asleep. I am now woke. <laughs> That dude's a superstar, and I didn't realize how good he was. Tell him no bigs. It's cool. I tried to tell folk that he was gonna be that one. Like he was he's getting to that point. He let, let me tell you let me let me give you the stat line on SGA right now. SGA is averaging 31, 4.8, 5.5 assists with a steal and a block. He is one of four players in NBA history to average a stat line of 31 five assists, a steal and a block per game since like, I think like that list includes what uh, LeBron, uh, MJ, hold a second, I'm going to pull it up. LeBron, MJ, and Dwayne Wade. He's in the camp with, with three, 30 plus points a game, five plus assists per game, and a steal and a block. He's in the camp with MJ, D Wade, and King James. Really the only ones to do it right now. Numbers wise, cooking. Cooking on that. He cooking on y'all, man. And I we need to go ahead and start respecting what Oklahoma City's doing. Mark Dagnon, who no one knows, is coaching his butt off with this young squad. Josh Giddy stepping up 16 a game with seven and six. So a seven point eight and six. So he's almost at eight rebounds and six assists per game. With a two to one assist turnover ratio. Toss in Lou Dort defensively is doing his thing while at the same time putting up almost 14 a game. And then the emergence of the rook, J Dub, Jalen Williams, who to me should win Rook of the Year. He's not. I mean, Ben Chiro's gonna get that. But 
I don't understand why he's even ranked fourth on this list. Right? Like I'm looking at the NBA's list right now. I can see that Benchiro's definitely going to get it at, at 26 and 6. 26 and 3 is what he's doing. But oh, oh looks like they moved Jalen up to number two at 13-4-2. And he and since he's been averaging like 27 and 5 in like the last what 14 games. Your most improved is Shea Gilgis Alexander. Hands down. That's not that's not one that we even question. And I say that because SGA has he's averaging the most points since the All-Star break. They get like 35.3 a game. And the Thunder have the only has the best record in the last 10 in the West. They're the only ones with over six wins in the last 10 games. And only on one of two, them and the 76ers have eight wins in the last 10 games. Thunder been on it. And so it's time for us to truly pay attention to him. You got to go watch what, what Mark is doing with his coaching. He's got all the young boys playing hard. Of course, he's putting them all in the most successful spots, his play calling and his play drawn up. He draws plays. And what's funny is that even some of the complimentary players that we were kind of questionable on, Alexi Pokashevsky, when he went hurt, boy, he was putting up some stuff. He was putting up some double-digit games. Like I told a buddy of mine, he's only 21 years old. I was like, he's 19, man. I mean, he's 18 years old coming into this league. It's his third year in the league. It's going to take time. He's a kid. He's seven foot and he's 9,200 pounds. It's going to take time. And he spent most of the time off since December with injuries, but he's putting up some double-digit games. He had like, what's this, four of them in December? He had had nine of them in November. He was coming along. Something that we've been hoping for. And so now he's back in the G getting his, you know, getting his legs back. Don't worry. He's going to, he's going to do some things again. And so when you bring him in this young movement by the thunder, look, I was listening to, I saw a clip by, uh, see Brandon, uh, Rabar, one of the writers for like multiple places that he writes for. He, grabbed um, a clip from J.J. Reddick and Stephen A. Smith talking about the Thunder on first take. That the Thunder are the best young team in the NBA right now. Five years, for the next five years. Like, we initially were the, like, 20th or something like that. I didn't want to really get much respect. It's like 23rd as far as the future goes, next five years. Brightest future ranking. And now J.J. Reddick's like, nah, 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 they're number one. Go look at what they're doing. Go see what they're doing. And overall, yeah, they're doing it. Usman Dang watched him in the gym, 18 years old, and he's going to be really good long term. He's already showing signs of someone that can take over and be a big bright spot on this team. Isaiah, Isaiah Joe. The three-point shooting wonder that everyone's trying to figure out where the heck he came from. 
shooting 43% from three on the road. This season, 42. Now, he's not having a good last 10 at 34. 42% from three. This season. Lou Dort putting up the numbers you need while playing crazy defense. He put the clamps on Kawhi Leonard on that last play. Is there more that you can ask from this Thunder team? And I'm being sincere when I ask this question. What more can you ask from a young team like this besides going out there and competing every single game the way they do? This is now the time. You got to tune y'all's televisions in whatever way you can to watch this Thunder play. Because the road only leads up based upon the way they're balling. SGA's a bona fide star. Knock on wood on injuries, but it feels like this team is going to go ahead and make that run for the playoffs this year, every year going forward. And don't forget, we still ain't got Chet Holmgren yet. Another young buck that's put on weight after that injury and is going to go out there and be a real threat at what we need the most, getting rebounds and helping create space. Because he's a big that can shoot, big's going to have to chase him. We want to clog the middle. SGA can cook on the inside. I think I think Che Dub's going to be our best player at some point. And that's no shade to SGA. I just think that there's a very high ceiling on Jalen Williams. He can ball. I mean, he's number two on the rookie list. And it's only because... Benchiro has not only a green light in Orlando, but he's really, really good. Like, he's very talented. He's going to be a player that's going to be able to um, be a long-term leading scorer in this league. Like, he'll stay in the 20s his whole career. But besides that, yeah, I I, I think that Jalen Williams, J-Dub's going to be Special and Jay Will's going to be special too. I think he's going to be a solid contributor, and that's something that you need on the type of team that we have. I want y'all to not be stuck on what everybody's points per game looks like. You've got scores, you've got SGA putting up points, you're going to have Giddy that's going to put up points and everything else. He's going to be the stat stuffer. Dort's not going to be there to put up points, but he will. He'll score to keep teams honest. Jalen Williams is going to score, he's a scorer. And outside of that, man, you. At a certain point, you have to focus on everything else on the court. Defense, rebounding, screen setting, all of that. Because SGA is going to put up 30-something a game. So it would be nice if we can get more people in the double digits. Like Isaiah Joe averaging over 10 a game. I would love for Pokashevsky to get up there or Kendrick Williams or even Trey Mann, which I think Trey Mann is the odd man out. But I'll say this, though. Next couple years, when Chet comes back, he'll be a double-digit guy. He's going to be eating somebody's money. And that's all you want from this Thunder team is the one that's going to compete every single game. Congratulations, Thunder fans. The bandwagon's open. We've got limited space, though, because we're going to start filtering some of you people out because y'all don't deserve cheer for this team. Y'all weren't with us during the tank. Was you with me in the gym? Was you with me shooting in the gym? 
I was with him. I've been riding with him this entire time. It's time to keep riding with him moving forward. Oh, man. Thank y'all for pulling up as usual here in Unfair Sports, where we take, of course, a pensive approach to the sports conversation. Um, this was fun. I wanted to get some stuff off my chest and talk Thunderball. Get this out to you today on Wednesday, and we'll we'll have something later this week, I promise. Um, beginning of next week, I promise. So, for Mike, Bob, and Wendy, thank you all so much for helping your boy out this morning. Uh, hopefully, we get this out by late afternoon, and um, we'll talk more Thunderball moving forward. We're going to get really deep into the NBA because we got the playoffs as we're starting to build up. MVP-wise, it looks like uh, Joel Embiid is now finally getting, competing with uh, Nikola Jokic. And I do think that I think Embiid's going to get it from him. They basically have the same record, and Philly's kill, killing it. There's no reason why Embiid should not be leading this because he's just... Not that we take analytics too far, but I do think that... We're weighing it way too much when we watch Embiid play the way that he's playing and we see what Jokic is doing. Jokic is doing stupid stuff, but at the same time, when they go head-to-head, Embiid is destroying folks. We need to go ahead and get that man his respect. He deserves it. He's leading the league in scoring. He's got rebounds. He doesn't do have to do everything, but he's just that good. So, Make sure y'all hit us up, 430-901-1906. Let me know what y'all think of the Thunder. I want to hear y'all's opinion on that. Leave a message, and uh, yeah, with that, we'll chop it up in a few days. Peace.